This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to Bound Off, a literary audio broadcast. In this edition, we have four stories. Apocalypse by Tommy Shaw, The Diary of a Salaryman by Mark Budman, Spanish Lessons by Jeffrey Pierce, and Licorice Night by Joyce Finn. Visit our website at boundoff.com for information about our broadcasts. Apocalypse, written and read by Tommy Shaw. Listening time, two minutes. Apocalypse. The contagion spread like mercury spilled, balled up and scattered, from silver spoon to silver spoon, baron through mogul, politician from king, scholar and academe, creme de la creme, hubris. The plague for the mighty felled, heavenly fisted and divinely cold. In prevention, for containment and contamination, cities put to flame, burned to and into the ground. Lumber charred, steel melted atop open graves of ash piled high, and organics withered. After, the meat clung to the earth, her soil and water, her fruit, built fires in the open, tended them, sacrificed, sometimes the boniest foot of the smallest rabbit, or the rare fortune of a fat, fecund sea bass. But mainly kelp or dried-out stalks of plants that yesteryear were taken inside to winter, were covered in plastic, were protected. The smoke from the fires of the dead is the same as the smoke from the fires of sacrifice and survival in its twisting ephemeral rising, its savory itch, its blanketing. Smoke, a thing unchanged. The few left, they are what changes. One bears a child a year into her flow. An elder loses a daughter, her milk, and her life in a birthing gone rancid. In mornings, the men pull themselves out of makeshift lean-tos and carry themselves into woods and boats. And sometimes, they come back. Tommy Shaw lives in Kentucky amid the clutter of her writing, family, and mutt dog. Her work has appeared in over 50 publications, including Identity Theory, Story South, Pendley Boz, Mad Hatter's Review, The Harrow and Southern Gothic. Her website is TommyShaw.com. The Diary of a Salaryman, written and read by Mark Budman. Listening time, three and a half minutes. The Diary of a Salaryman by Mark Badman. Today, I was promoted to a junior coordinator of coordinating activities. This means I'll get a 3% salary raise spread over five years. This also means I get to stay at work longer. Why work on tablets? Was allowed to take three days off from work. Brought home the laptop and had a telecon during the delivery. My cubicle mate was laid off, had to pick up his workload. When I bent over the crib today, one of the quintuplets peed in my face from a foot away. I think it was a boy. Wife emailed me a picture of the kids on their first day in school. 
was promoted to an associate coordinator of coordinating activities. This means I'll get a 4% salary raise spread over five years. This also means I get to stay at work longer. Today, I saw a car with five teenagers leaving my garage. We waved at me. Is wife renting the garage out? The new cubicle mate had a heart attack. While, while they were getting him on the stretcher, had a conversation with a guy from across the aisle. His name was Pete and he's been with the company for 24 years. 20 years in the same cubicle, same as me. Was promoted to a senior coordinator of coordinating activities. This means I'll get a 5% salary raise spread over five years. This also means I get to stay at work longer. They laid me off today. I guess I was making too much money. They could hire 1.25 young energetic coordinators in my place and still save. Counted the remaining values. Only three, not enough for suicide. Took my five grandchildren to a ball game today. Had ice cream in the park. My chest was heaving and a strange sound came from my throat. I guess they call it laughter. Now I understand why they paid good bucks to watch stand-up comedians. Wife retired. Ran out of Viagra but had sex with her anyway. She screamed and raked my back with her nails. Wow! The last time she's done that was nine months before the quintuplets were born. Got a call from work today. They want to rehire me. Email them a pic of myself flipping the bird. Today is my last diary entry for a while. Too busy planting strawberries in my garden. Wife takes a bubble bath. Means it's going to be a busy night too. Mark Budman was born and raised in the former Soviet Union, but now resides in New York State. His fiction, creative nonfiction, and poetry have appeared or about to appear in Mississippi Review, Virginia Quarterly, Exquisite Corpse, Iowa Review, McSweeney's, Turnrow, Connecticut Review, The Bloomsbury Review, W.W. Norton Anthology Flash Fiction Forward, and elsewhere. He is the publisher of a flash fiction magazine, Vestal Review, and the recipient of the Broome County Art Council grant. He is also the interview editor for Webdoll Soul. Spanish Lessons, written and read by Jeffrey Pierce. Listening time, five and a half minutes. Spanish Lessons. Barcilio was my best friend when I was eight years old. He was 11, and I hated him. His family was the only Mexican family in the neighborhood, and he rode a bike with a steering wheel. His house smelled funny. I think it was because there was always dirty plates laying around with old dried beans stuck on them. One time at the park, we sat by the road. He picked up old stogies from the curb, and we chewed the tobacco from them. 
Every time I spit some out, he hit me on the arm and said to quit wasting it. He told me to yell, Chinga tu madre, at everybody who rode by in their car or on their bike. I asked him what it meant, and he said it was Spanish for have a good day. I stayed by the curb and told everybody to have a good day, while Barcilio found a place to pee. It was a pretty busy street, and a guy riding his bike jumped off and came across the street toward me, yelling something in Spanish. I was starting to cry. Barcilio came back and threw a rock at him. Blood ran down his face while Barcilio and I ran down the sidewalk. We ducked into the ravine and found a pile of trash. There was an old nudie mag next to a rusted out barrel. Barcilio opened it and talked about what he wanted to do to the women inside. He tossed the magazine to me when he was done. There was a woman in there with whipped cream on her parts. I felt sick to my stomach. I asked him how to say, I don't feel good, in Spanish. He said, no tengo un pene. I repeated it, and he laughed. We went to his house and ate peanut butter from the pantry. His uncle was asleep on the couch. There was an open can of beer on the floor next to him. Barcilio poured it out on his uncle's crotch and ran away. He left me standing there. When his uncle woke up, he yelled something at me in Spanish. I said, no tengo un pene, and ran home. The next day, I went with Barcilio back to the ravine and found the trash pile. The nudie mag was gone. I was glad. Barcilio peed against the tree without even hiding himself from me. When he finished, he picked up a broken branch and hit the side of the barrel with it. A piece broke off and it hit me in the thigh. I cried, and Barcilio laughed. I picked up the broken piece and I threw it at him. It missed. Barcilio threw his piece at me, and it hit me in the hand and cut me and I ran home. The door to my house was locked, so I rang the doorbell. Barcilio came running up the block. He was excited because he found the magazine. I told him to go home. He shoved the magazine into my hands and ran away. My mother opened the door. She took the magazine and spanked me good. I said it was Barcilio's, so she called his house and talked to his father. An hour later, Barcilio knocked at my window. I opened the window and he punched me in the lip. I tried to punch him back, but my hand hit the window sash. Barcilio ran away laughing. I was so mad I bit a hole in my pillowcase. Later that afternoon, I was in the backyard. Barcilio came over with a bag of chocolate chips. He gave me some and then told me a dirty joke I didn't get. I guess we made up. He said my father probably kept the magazine. I asked him how to say... My mother gave me a licking on my butt in Spanish. He said, Mi madre lueme culo, and chuckled. He snuck in the back door of my house, and I followed him. He went into my parents' room. I went in after him and told him to get out. He found the magazine in the closet, and I grabbed it from him to put it back when my father walked in the room. I told my father, No lueme culo. He looked at me funny and then asked Barcilio what I said. Barcilio said, he told you not to lick his butt. Father took the magazine from me and told Barcilio to go home. He spanked me good and sent me to my room. I heard him in the kitchen laughing with mother about something. On Sunday, I went to Spanish Mass with Barcilio and his father. While the priest was talking, I asked Barcilio how to say, Hail Mary, full of grace, in Spanish. He said, Dios te salve, María, llena eres de mierda. 
He told me once before that mierda means shit, but he must have forgotten. After mass, we stood in line to say goodbye to the priest. When it was our turn, I said, Barcilio taught me the Hail Mary in Spanish. Barcilio's eyes got real big. Dios te salve, Maria. Llena eres de mierda. The priest's eyes got even bigger. Barcilio came to my backyard that afternoon and told me his father beat him. And he said he hated me. He pushed me down and I hurt my wrist. I was so mad I threw a toy truck at him and it hit him in the ear. That was the first time I ever saw Barcilio cry. He started to run home but got hit by a car when he crossed the street. When I saw him in the hospital, his head was swelled up like a watermelon. I kept asking his father when he would come home, but eventually I quit asking and Barcilio never came home. I don't remember all the Spanish words Barcilio taught me, except for a few, but I will never forget the sounds of a Mexican boy crying and the screeching tires of an El Camino. Jeff lives in Chicago. A friend's once commented that he is a master of few words that is yet to be determined, let alone understood. In addition to literary musings, Jeff is a systems integration consultant and a solo acoustic musician. He is allergic to cats and afraid of snakes. Zen is a way of life for Jeff as well as import beer. Licorice Night, written by Joyce Finn, read by Kelly Shriver. Listening time, four minutes. Licorice Night by Joyce Finn. Hand me that robe. I'm going to tell you about the night they found my Lucy. Wait, where are you off to? You're supposed to listen to us oldies stuck here with the droolers and dripplers. Sit down and hush up. Earn your pay. Now where was I? Did I mention the night was black as licorice? Don't you go rolling your eyes. I see you. This story is about Lucy and how she come to me, angry as a hive of bees, just after her ma passed. Wantin' this, wantin' that, like most youngsters. Not a clue how sometimes what you want is what you shouldn't ought to have. Like Joe. I knew he was bad right from the moment he sashayed up our dirt drive on that skin-grillin' August day. Her and me on the front porch fanning ourselves and waiting for the grains of corn the hens missed to pop and skitter. Him ambling towards us with a lopsided grin that snapped Lucy's spine bolt upright, the tip of her tongue slipping in and out between wet lips, testing the air for the scent of him. Me trying to teach her loyalty, Karen, and kin, and all she gave back were yawns and deaf smiles but she sure was eager to learn Joe's soft-stroken ways, the two of them treating life like some sort of Ferris wheel with eye-burning lights and rib-bouncy tune flash and dash. I tried warning her, but who can say what gets heard? No space left to listen to her grandma with her head and heart so full of him. Move my chair closer to the window. You ever listen when your mama warns? Ha, don't fib. You know different. Where was I? They found her by the lagoon under a dead cedar with its bleached limbs splayed out reaching heaven. They came to tell me, but when she disappeared, I knew. Her sneaking out the window, lifting it against creaking sides, her foot on the oak floor with its moans and warnings she didn't heed like she shoulda. One moment, kids fighting you for every inch of good sense you ramming into them. The next, they're rubble yelling and screeching away in a car that's most junk with a boy man swooshing toward hell. When you die, you die, like what happened in the swamp at the cedar under that licorice sky. Them making a double-back beast on a night black and bitter, and then it flips rough, and him calling her witch and worse. Took her hair in both his hands and burst her skull against that cedar. Don't know why he done what he did? Seems sort of senseless. How'd I know? 
the cops, the reporters, the judge, I told them, but they all too busy listening and not hearing. Fancy you asking after all this time. Shh. Lean closer so's the walls don't hear what's not for their ears. Got a secret. My Lucy and her Joe weren't alone. I was the night bird silent watching. I was the wave slapping disapproval. I was the feather reed bent in sorrow. Hand me a blanket for my knees. Us old folks, we talk nonsense, rambling talk, don't pay no mind. Who's to know what's false, what's true? You think us old and feeble can't fuel on rage? Penny a piece in old Mr. Wilson's store. He'd stand there with a little brown bag in his hands, shifting foot to foot and me debating the merits of pinwheel or jawbreaker. Always one bit of brass left for one long string of tar black licorice. Bitter, nasty stuff licorice is, fouling wherever it sticks. Fingers, tongue, lips. Black your soul if you let it. Did I tell you the night was black as licorice, bitter too? I rose up with a branch so thick it drooped before I got it swinging. He turned toward me, still holding her head, had a startled look to him just before the squishy sound of wood poppin' bone. Mud's good for lugging dead-weighted loads like him into scum marsh. Took me forever. I rolled a big old log over him to anchor him out of my sight. Lucy I left outstretched under the cedar, its two dead limbs a giant cross. A better grave marker than one I would have had to buy with money I never had. They found her. All of them so very sorry when they told me, hats in hand and eyes downcast. I already knew. The end. Joyce Finn is a freelance writer who has lived in Australia, South Africa, and Bermuda. Her short stories and travel articles have been published internationally and one place staged in Bermuda. Thanks for listening to this edition of Bound Off, copyright Bound Off and the respective authors. All rights reserved. Visit our website at boundoff.com for information about our broadcasts and how to submit your stories. <laughs>